Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hi everyone, welcome back to Send It With Steph. I'm Steph Leckenstein, your host, and my guest today is someone whose family has done a lot for me over the years. They have done a lot for female ski racing in North America as well, despite the fact that they are not actually from North America. They are just a bunch of outgoing people. Their daughter, who I had the pleasure of doing this podcast with, is one of my close friends, uh, my sister's ex-teammate, and someone who has had to navigate the independent NCAA and just private team path. So without further ado, I have Maddie Hoffman here with me. I'm really excited for you guys to get to hear some of her insights, and hopefully it'll give you a little bit of background on how independent athletes from smaller countries run their programs. Okay. Hi, Maddie. Bye, Steph. (laughs) Thanks for coming on the show. I'm excited to talk to you about everything. No, I'm so excited. Everything. Um, do you want to give my listeners a little bit of a background on you, like where you grew up skiing and how your family ended up in the U.S.? Sure. So I grew up on the northern beaches of Sydney, Australia. So I grew up surfing and like in the ocean. And I found skiing through like a program at like through the elementary school system. And I ended up training at Threadbow for a couple of years. Um And then from there, my family actually moved to Singapore. So I lived in Singapore for three years, which was an experience in and of itself. Um, And then after traveling and like basically just missing too much school, we found our way to Park City, Utah. And so I've been here, I think this September will be my eighth year. So I came freshman year of high school and I trained at Romark for a bit and then after high school was on TMAX and then now I'm at the University of Utah as well as like with Australia. Are you back in school full-time now? Like are you going to ski for them this year? I think this year actually I'm going to now with like everything that's happened. Um, yeah, classes start on Monday so. Exciting. <laughs> yeah. Sweet. Yeah. Um, how is the skiing world different in Australia versus the U.S.? Like, I know from you and Louie, it's very different, but, like, does the Australian Sport Federation or whatever sport skiing at all? Um, It's, like, this weird thing where they, like, kind of let us do our own thing. So, like, there is not a lot of – there's no national team, really. Like, we're named to something, but it's not, like, Canada or the U.S. where, like, you have a group of people to train with. Um we basically have to find our own team and coaches and all that stuff, which sometimes is nice because like you have a little more freedom to do what is probably best for you, but it's also like a challenge to do it all on your own. And it can be pretty lonely sometimes too. Yeah. No kidding. Especially when you're doing it for like your whole skiing career. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. That just seems... It would seem like almost, I mean, for me, it would have been kind of disheartening being like, wow, there's no pathway or like, there's no way there's nothing for you to look up to really other than hopefully going to the Olympics and stuff. Right. Yeah. Like it's, 
it's this weird thing and I feel like I kind of like romanticized the idea of like the world cup mm-hmm. before this year because I was like oh my gosh it seems so cool like mm-hmm. and obviously like I still deep down like want to be like a world cup skier but this fall I think also with COVID like highlighted the fact that when I am on the road chasing that world cup dream it is really just me and my coaches and Mm-hmm. I have like kind of through a lot of reflection recently have realized that like part of the big reason why I like fell in love with skiing was like it was so fun with my friends like laughing and singing and dancing on the chairlift like it was very social and so I feel like that's where like the college side of it kind of helps me because I, I come back and I'm like with a group of people but it definitely is lonely like recently I've like been talking to my parents like I just wish I had teammates that like would be doing this too mm-hmm. um because like you know they make the bad days a little better <clears throat> yeah but 100%. yeah it's kind of hard <laughs> no kidding. I'm sure Louie feels a similar way too yeah I it is hard to imagine like I mean I'm racing independently but I have ultimately a national team that I'm aspiring to make and mm-hmm. I know once I'm on that you get fully supported and I just can't even imagine trying to like work as hard as you do and then knowing that like you're going to be taking care of yourself the entire time <laughs> like that's a lot of pressure yeah. on you too yeah it definitely like it like adds a layer of like how bad do you want it kind of thing because mm-hmm. I feel like until you're really good like where you can basically ask anyone to train and they'll say yeah come along yeah. like it's pretty like clawing your way up there kind of thing like finding your own training and finding people to ski with because like as you know like pace is important to get better like training with Mm -hmm. fast people and like at a certain level there are only like the world cup skiers you kind of like want to be skiing with you know but like everyone's really protective so it's its own thing yeah so you were at Romark and then you started T-Max, you and your family, which if people don't know what T-Max is, it was a private girls team that the Hoffman started and it kind of brought together like a group of misfits, like Maddie's Australian, you had Norwegians, Canadians, Americans. Um, You kind of brought like this group of really good misfit skiers together. And like, what was the inspiration behind that? So you would have teammates again and kind of people to push each other or was there more to it than that I think like well as I was graduating high school the realization of like there's just not many places to PG as a female mm-hmm. like in America and there did be a bit of like I guess lack of like continuity between like what pathway to actually go down unless you like were going straight into college and I was like I don't know why I was like told myself I was like I didn't want to go anywhere in like where a Romark person was like I wanted just like a fresh start so that kind of limited my options a little bit but I was also like not ready to go straight to school like I feel like I wanted to experience more of skiing and so I guess like the thought behind it was like there are enough girls who have the potential to be like world cup skiers that are either kicked off the national team or like don't have a national team um and kind of just like create I guess the equivalent of like global racing but for girls yeah Um, I I think it's so smart I mean I think that 
kind of sadly, private teams are going to be the way for girls, especially to work their way up to national teams, just because like you said, there's not a ton of other pathways. Like with boys, there are so many boys and they just seem, they have a different type of competition almost within themselves. Whereas it, for girls, it's usually like one or two from each club kind of makes it up. And if they don't group them together, then they all start falling back. I feel like. Yeah. It's like it does seem that if you don't, like I was lucky in high school that like I had a good group of girls. So it was like three or four of us. Mm-hmm. Like, so we were able to have a coach at Norams and like get that experience. But like, there are a lot of people, if they're just like the only one that kind of, it seems very disjointed, like their pathway to like a national team. And also, you, as you know, national teams are not as objective as they could be, you know? Yes. I, <laughs> <laughs> yes. We don't yeah. need to get into that. No. <laughs> not Um, now (laughs) no um I yeah I think that also there is something really cool about having different nationalities on a high performance team together I think that a lot of times with national teams there's like kind of a odd sense of competition like you're fighting for the same spots but like with your with T-Max you guys were all kind of you were all at different stages in your lives but also not competing like directly against each other for like I don't know world cup spots or national team spots which was like I like I've never really felt as like genuinely happy for my teammates as I did like those first couple years like Mm -hmm. watching like Katie and Foe and like everyone do well it just like it was like that saying like the high tide rises all boats like it really did feel that way because Foe doing well didn't affect any of my opportunities same with Katie or like vice versa like we weren't competing against each other for starts or points or anything. So it was really like, okay, you got it. Like, I really want to see you succeed, which was like really cool to see. Yeah. I, I really like that dynamic. I mean, I'm getting to experience it now and it's, it is almost like a college dynamic. It's so bizarre. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, slightly more competitive, but like it is the same kind of camaraderie where, yeah, you're not directly against each other, I guess, but I feel like I'm talking about T-Max as if it was just this thing that you guys came up with one night and you're like, yeah, this will be a great idea. (laughs) But were there some like big hurdles that you guys kind of had to get over as you were creating the team? Like, I know it's not a simple process. No, I think like, like to be honest with you, like I wasn't as involved, which I think was a good thing. Like when I kind of initiated, it was more this idea that, um, my dad kind of pitched with Jim and then Jim really took the lead on it um Mm. but yeah there are definitely hurdles I think like anything or like any kind of team at some point like when you get better skiing there's only so many people that aren't already on a national team yes so like there's probably like say there's like 50 girls on the world cup like probably 45 of them are on a national team and so like they're not going to leave what they have so it's like as you kind of get to the pointy end in all sports there's just not as many people around so I feel like that's kind of where it seemed to have like fizzled out is because like well in America at least like there's just not that many girls that wanted to pursue skiing at 
that level that weren't either on the national team or just like in college and kind of fading out you know yeah. or like moving out was that yeah. kind of tough for you to deal with like seeing your teammates and the people that you would normally like be around kind of being accepted onto national teams I mean I feel like this is mostly related to the U.S. but um, yeah like I yeah well it's always this thing where I was like oh well if I was American like maybe I would be on the national team kind of thing which sounds great but like I'm sure they deal with their own issues too like it all it's like like the grass is always green I kind of thing like while I have like to deal with my own set of problems when it comes to like finding people to train with or like pace and like that stuff like at least I'm able to like go to the races I want to go to I'm not forced into like a different pathway kind of thing so like it there's pros and cons to both sides of it um I feel like everyone can say I feel like everyone in a way talks shit about their current situation (laughs) like in some form or the other um but yeah I don't know the grass seem well, it does always seem greener on the other side a little bit but then you're like oh I guess it's not that bad <laughs> yeah I mean when you're individual or independent you have so much freedom to figure out what you want but at the same time you have so much responsibility like you kind of don't kind of realize it until you're doing yeah. it yourself and you're like oh my gosh yeah. <laughs> you're like should I train like seven days on I could if I really wanted to like yeah, yeah it is hard not having someone like monitor or some like I don't know I guess you have coaches but it is ultimately like your career and your decision so yeah that is tough (laughs) it's like a different I think it's just like a different kind of worms yeah you turn into your own manager your own travel agent okay give me the ticket I'm gonna book him (laughs) yeah yeah um so how have you dealt with some of the hurdles then of being from a country without like a national team um well one of the big hurdles for me was starting school Mm -hmm. because I took two gap years with the intention of going to Dartmouth and you know COVID hit and I feel like it kind of forced everyone into a little bit of a crisis and (laughs) I was just like I'm not ready to go to school and I like just for some reason didn't feel like Dartmouth was the place for me anymore um so I put the plug on that in like June or June July August of like 2020 and then after the prep period of COVID like the fall of 2020 I was like I need to go to school I need to get my brain going like all this stuff and luckily one of my high school coaches was now the assistant at Utah and I was like any chance I can just like get into the school quick like I just need to do school like I need to like distract myself from like skiing and like I feel like having I've always struggled with the putting too many eggs in one basket thing when it comes to skiing like Mm -hmm. I do like school I do like learning so I was like needed that mental stimulation outside of the sport and especially because like in high school like it was like pretty rigorous high school so I was like very much used to doing like homework until like nine, ten o'clock at night, like every night and skiing and all that stuff. And mm-hmm. when kind of like through the injuries and like once like people kind of faded out of Team X and like other people came in, I was just like, I need something that's like stable and reliable. And that just happened to be like school. So that's good, I guess. Yeah. I think that's I think it's really smart. I mean, 
you had been on this like independent pathway for so long. And um, I mean, school is obviously like racing NCAA is amazing and getting to go to school is so amazing, especially you being like living in Utah. It's kind of yeah. seems like a perfect fit. And it's like, I like, I guess my teammates and my like Utah coaches would be the first to admit, like, I do not do school like everyone else does school. Like I was back in Utah for like two and a half weeks this fall. Like I was able to like travel like and like get a lot of days on the snow before like Colorado kind of rolled around. So like I kind of able like right now I'm like mixing both worlds, which I understand not everyone can do, but mm-hmm. in my situation, like I'm able to do that and to be honest, it's like working pretty well. Um from like a happiness kind of side like having both so yeah they're almost it kind of sounds like they're almost a little bit separate still too which is Mm -hmm. I feel like an important part to keeping it just keeping your like skiing sanity because yeah school is so cool but at the same time it can take a lot out of you and if you're trying to like mix them it I don't know I always found it was so much easier to keep it separate and like have the two kind of lives almost yeah yeah like it's it's like kind of I feel like I like definitely have like the like school side and then like the skiing side and like I'm lucky where like my coaches with like I guess I call them like my Australian team coaches even though they're not really employed by Australia they're just like my independent coaches um like work closely with the Utah coaches and there's no like animosity from like, okay, I'm actually going to go do this norm and I'm going to go train for two weeks beforehand. Like yeah. I'm not going to be at Utah training, but like I will eventually come back. Like, don't worry about it. Um, <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> Which um, like, I definitely could see how like if you were on- only had school, it would be hard to juggle both. Yeah. Like even just from like a training and, um, like if you are trying to go to like the norams and like other races like you just don't it's hard to have the support at them mm-hmm. you know and like I feel like people underestimate like it is nice to like not be in a hotel room by yourself kind of thing yeah do your school coaches or teammates ever like wish you were around more or kind of like vocalize to you that it's hard for the team to have you go back and forth because you're a very hardworking girl and like you're very good at everything you do so I'd imagine they'd want that energy around more like have they ever has that ever been an issue or are they very accepting of it um well I definitely like kind of got it from some of the girls like oh my god you're not here like blah 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 um and like I've kind of just been like guys like it's an Olympic year. Like I'm going into the Olympics. Like this is my childhood dream. Like I need to kind of chase this right now. Mm. Um, and at the end, like at least what like Mary and JJ say, they're like, if you come back a faster skier, like you're only going to help us. Yeah. Kind of deal. And just with like how everything is like laid out, I just like have a little more like freedom to like just do what I want but like I also kind of set that out before I started I was like it might be something where I just like come back for the race like yeah like at the end of the day it is what it is you know so 
Yeah. It is. I also like feel, I feel guilty. Like I think it, I'm the one who feels more guilty than like they probably yeah. care about. I'm like, I don't want to like take a spot or like all that stuff, but I'm just like trying to juggle both, which I think if it, like a lot of people have said, like if they had those, like they're always trying to come train with me. Cause like they want more skiing. So like, I wouldn't like, they don't like hate me for like going to get more training kind of thing. No, no. I, I do think that sometimes that kind of like, uh, the way that NCAA is set up as a pathway is not always appreciated by college athletics because it is like all coaches. I feel like all college coaches will say the same thing that you said, where if you're going and getting extra training and you come back to us, a better athlete like there's no complaints there because (laughs) you're ultimately helping but it is hard when there's like some people that are using the pathway as kind of like an end to a career versus some that are using it as a pathway still so yeah I think I mean it's always good that you kind of I'm sure you're communicating it and like it's just like a ongoing battle I feel like it'll never be resolved because I don't think it's ever going to be a set um a set way of doing it yeah I think like if like I I just like kind of like keep reminding myself or like like you just like don't really want to step on anyone's toes Mm -hmm. like you just like I guess like you just need to be smart about it like you need to like play your part and you also like need to know your role too and like where you stand and like kind of like the hierarchy like that sounds bad but like there it's like an unfettered <laughs> hire you just like kind of have to like like just weave your way around um yeah. but yeah and then like COVID's been <clears throat> kind of clutch in the fact that a lot of school's been online like nearly all of it like if you want it to be mm-hmm. so like if your grades are fine <laughs> like and it's online they can't really say no you know yeah. Exactly. Yeah. COVID has been kind of for some, for some NCAA athletes, I know others are <laughs> pissed about it, but yeah, I mean, I, uh, all I know is like, I kind of, I've had one in-person class since I started and I'm going into my fourth semester. <laughs> my professor was a chiller when this full and he like, let me, I went to it once. Nice. Like, <laughs> <That's no. awesome. laughs> Good. Yeah. Um, do you have any advice for other younger skiers who might be calling coming from smaller countries that want to reach the world cup level like you did? Um, I think the one thing that kind of sticks out to me is like that I kind of use as motivation is like not letting that define you. Like when I'm like racing for Australian competitions, like the thoughts that go through my head, it's like, let's like show people that like we can ski or like Mm. that we can do it and like don't rule me out kind of thing and I do do think it helps that like the past couple years more people from like less unknown countries have like made it in there like Alice and there's some like now like Spain like Spanish guys on the salon team like you know yeah all that stuff and I think the only piece of advice I have is like find the right people and like to help you as well as like don't be afraid to like ask for favors and realize like you all like have something to offer too like it might not be anything 
valuable but like your presence if you're like a good person like is enough to like for people to be like okay yeah let's like this doesn't hurt us like an extra set of hands sure you know yeah um just like advocate for yourself I like that I think yeah yeah I think people are too shy are either too shy to ask for help or <laughs> ask for too much help way too in your face yeah no there's no in between frisky racing <laughs> yeah I feel like there are a lot of people seem to think that like you can only ask for favors if like you're able to like give the favor in return or like mm-hmm. like this weird like wagering system I don't know it's like I'm like slowly realizing you you don't know when they're going to need to ask a favor from you kind of thing so it, may, it doesn't hurt to ask and the end of the day if they say no you're in the same situation as you started so it's not like you're getting yeah it's not hurting you (laughs) no exactly I also don't think people fully understand how beneficial like a good teammate is or like a good training buddy even if they're not the fastest skier or like the best athlete just having that good energy is so valuable yeah and like one thing that I've kind of had to I guess advocate for with like my own like independent team is like guys when we ask for a favor we're like not just saying hey like Kamati come ski it's like we have two extra coaches yeah that can like drag your gates and pull your timing and set up your timing and like do the things you don't necessarily want to do yeah so I think those are very good points and I mean I know there's a lot of athletes now who are kind of venturing out on their own and I'm sure that your tips will be very helpful because you've been through it all you've kind of done all of the different pathways so <laughs> I, I, mean, like, I don't know if that's a good thing <laughs> no it is I mean I have too trust me <laughs> we've got to taste like try them all and then see which one sticks yeah. I mean yeah. I yeah uh, you gotta just test the waters on each and see which works for you and school sadly was not my it's not where I belonged but I mean I'm really glad that you found a place where you have teammates you have a situation where you're still able to like chase your own goals and also be a part of a family that like a family of skiers who also are chasing a different goal I think that's really cool yeah and I think that like one thing I keep reminding myself like I I'm a very big like what if person and it's like probably when like it goes too far and like it's hard for me to like stay present and like well what if I had done that or what if I do this like all this mental chatter mm-hmm. but I like kind of have to keep reminding myself that like the decision decisions you've made were like in the best interest for yourself like at that moment yeah like you didn't like I didn't I did things then because I thought that was going to be the best for me then, even though like maybe looking back, it might've been a little iffy. Like you don't know that till you tried it, you know? (laughs) Yes. Hindsight's 2020. Yeah. I I do. I think that it takes a while for some people to find their like perfect place, but also you don't know, like whatever, four years ago, you wouldn't have necessarily needed school because you hadn't done the independent route you hadn't had to like deal with that and so yeah I feel like everything happens for a reason yeah yeah (laughs) sometimes (laughs) 
even when See, sometimes you're like what is this stupid reason you're like okay yeah. I guess there's a reason it's the only way to rationalize ski racing because yeah. it makes no sense that's, that's true <laughs> it's a silly sport but it is really cool keeps us coming back um well thank you so much for sharing your insight and chatting with me for so long <laughs> of course nice to chat to you I haven't caught up with you in a while I know. Um, okay, I'm going to. I think that all too often when we're looking at someone else's situation, especially with ski racing, we tend to have the grass is always greener or outsider's approach to just thinking that, oh, their situation is so much better than mine or look how much more freedom they have or how much more help. And in this case, like it was very obvious with Maddie that She's been an unbelievable skier from a young age. She's had a lot of success over the years, but she's also had to do so much of it on her own. And I think that her parents and her had a good idea to start an independent team, but obviously there's so many logistics that go into that and a lot of different dynamics that are really hard to balance. So that is a type of program. I mean, I'm part of one right now, but it's a type of program that cannot be taken lightly and even though she had the opportunity to train with different athletes, it's always hard when you don't really have something that's you're like aspiring to qualify for or a national team that you're looking to make. And in her case, that was a situation. Like she said, it was hard to have her teammates all trying to qualify for a national team when this private team was her like end all be all type of situation. So I think that we should all just be very gracious when we think about our situations and try to take the positives out of it and always remember that things aren't always what they seem and sometimes people are struggling more than we would imagine with different problems that we maybe don't have, especially when it comes to girl ski racing. There are so many different paths that people are taking nowadays and you never really know what they're going through or what they're having to deal with. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Make sure to follow along with my podcast. I post every Thursday and the season's only partway done. So we have a lot more episodes coming up. I have some cool guests on the list and yeah, I'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.